Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the things that I love about ministry and being your pastor, and just a pastor in general, is hearing everyone's stories. Everyone has stories. And, and I get to hear so many of them. I love to hear those stories. I love to hear how you grew up in Metter or, or came to live in Metter. I love to hear the history of your life and the history of your family. Now, sometimes I may have no idea what's going on in the story. Sometimes I have no idea uh, who you're talking about, like a deceased family member, a family member who doesn't live here anymore, or a friend. Many times I hear a story and I understand everything about the story, but I don't understand the significance of the story or the importance of the story because I wasn't there. The phrase, you just had to be there, comes to mind often when I hear other people's stories. Sometimes when I hear stories about church members from before I arrived in Metter, I have to tell myself, Alan, you just had to be there. And that's okay. Most of the times I understand what's going on in the story. I simply don't understand the significance or the meaning behind the story. But everyone has a story. And everyone has a story to share. This Sunday marks the end of the season of Easter and the beginning of the season of Pentecost. And today is Pentecost Sunday. Now on that Pentecost day in our passage from Acts, the foreigners in our story were probably feeling a little like me. Feeling confused about the story they were hearing. 
Now, a little over 2,000 years ago, the celebration of Pentecost was a Jewish celebration of the harvested crops. It was held 50 days after the Jewish Passover, and since Jesus was crucified at Passover, the Jews in our story from Acts are gathering in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost 50 days after Jesus was killed on the cross. It's also been 10 days since Jesus ascended into heaven. And in our Pentecost story found in the second chapter of Acts, the celebration of Pentecost takes on a whole new meaning. When the celebration came, the disciples were together in preparation. And as they were gathered, the house where they were began to shake violently. Wind began to blow. The noise began to get louder and louder. Out of nowhere, flaming tongues of fire scattered among the believers and rested on each of them. Traditionally in the Bible, when wind and fire appeared, that signified God's presence. So today, Pentecost is no longer simply a Jewish celebration. It is the day that God's Holy Spirit came on Christ's followers. And with every flaming tongue, every disciple and every believer present was indwelled with God's Spirit. And they began to speak in different tongues or languages. As verse 7 points out, each disciple was a Galilean. They had not been trained to speak in different languages. The words that were coming out of their mouths were purely from the Holy Spirit of God. In John 15 and 16, Jesus told the disciples that he was sending the counselor, the Holy Spirit, to witness to the world about himself. But he told the disciples that the Holy Spirit could not come until after Jesus had gone to his Father. That time was now. And the Holy Spirit chose to come to every believer in a wonderful and powerful way on that Pentecost day 2,000 years ago. Now, there are a lot of people in this world that don't believe in the Holy Spirit. They say it's just like God. You can't see God and you can't see the Holy Spirit. So it isn't there. Well, I may not be able to see it, but I can feel God's Spirit inside me. And I firmly believe that the Holy Spirit is inside each person that believes that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. I believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us, guides us, and gives us the freedom to obey God. I also believe that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. Most people call that your conscience. I call it the Holy Spirit. There's a strong pull inside each of us to do the wrong thing, and there's a strong pull inside of us to do the right thing. That pull to do the wrong thing is from the devil. That pull to do the right is from the Holy Spirit. God is guiding us to the path of righteousness. We've just got to listen. But it's easy for us to ignore or miss the power of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned earlier that the Jews in our story probably wanted to say to themselves, I guess you just had to be there. Well, that's because they were hearing a brand new message. In Jerusalem, there was roughly 15 nationalities represented in the city. These Jews had come great distances to celebrate Pentecost in the city with the temple. These Jews had, had been scattered due to the exile and because of the many passing generations and many miles away from Jerusalem. They had lost their language and had taken on the language of their new homes. This is why the Holy Spirit gave the disciples the ability to speak in different languages. God wanted the gospel of Christ to be shared with all. He wanted to unify the body of believers. But you see, there was doubt before there was belief. 
In verse 12, it says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? You see, the Jewish foreigners understood what was being said to them in their native tongue, but they didn't understand the significance of the message. They didn't understand what it meant. It was a, you just had to be there moment for many of them. And some not only didn't understand the message of the Holy Spirit, but they doubted it. Verse 13 says, Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. This is a classic example of people focusing on the outward appearance and not looking at what's going on on the inside. Some of the observers and listeners refused to accept the message and the working of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there are always going to be people who say, Look, I understand what Christianity teaches, but so what? Why should I buy into it? This is why the world needs interpreters. Interpreters are people like many of you who are convinced about the great value of Christ in your life and can therefore answer the meaning of Christianity from a personal experience. We can look at our passage and see that Peter was this kind of interpreter. You see, the Holy Spirit did not only give the believers on that Pentecost day the gift of speaking in tongues, but it also changed them as people completely. The disciples before this day were scared, they were frightened, unsure of themselves, worried about the future. But beginning in verse 14, Peter becomes confident, outspoken, and brave. His explanation of what the Jews had just heard is so powerful that 3,000 people were converted just in one day. Because of the Holy Spirit, the disciples were changed. Peter was changed. They began to speak boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it leads me to ask, are we any different because of the Holy Spirit living inside of us? How are we different because of the Holy Spirit? Listen, if we can't answer those questions, we need to really rethink if and how we are following Jesus and if and how we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us. Because the Holy Spirit living inside of us can't help but change us. It should empower and equip us to speak boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, the world needs interpreters, people to explain the message of Christ. Those people are you and me. But before, but before you can be an interpreter, you need to learn what your language is. Now, I'm not talking about the English language or speaking in uh, Spanish or French or German. I'm talking about your salvation language. We have to learn how to talk about our experiences with Christ. This doesn't mean that you have to be specifically eloquent or have a convincing speech ready. It doesn't mean that you have to have a seminary degree or be a great evangelist. But it does mean that you are willing, when asked, to speak about your own experience of Christ. One of the best witnessing methods is simply stating your own experience and telling why your relationship with Christ has made a difference. Let me, let me give you some examples, some simple examples of ways to describe your Christian experience. Maybe one of these fits your language. You could say, I have a real peace that stays with me even when everything is going wrong. Or, I'm less judgmental and more able to forgive. I know a joy and contentment in my life I never knew before. My natural inclination is to think only of myself, but because of Christ, I can no longer ignore the needs of others. You could say the guilt I lived with has been taken 
away. It has put a new song in my heart. I cannot sin in peace. Or you could say, Christ has given my life a purpose. You see, your description of what Christ has done for you doesn't guarantee someone will come to Christ. But your story of how Christ has worked in your life can be ten times greater than the, the, the best Sunday school lesson or the most eloquent sermon ever preached because it's personal. Nobody can deny your personal experience. All they can do is say, I've never had a similar experience. But they can't deny it. The Holy Spirit has moved in each of us differently. We have to find our own way of expressing our experience. We have to come up with our own story and our own way of telling that story. Just like the Holy Spirit gave the gift of different tongues to disciples on Pentecost, we too must allow the Holy Spirit to help us find our own language for telling our story. What is your language? What is your story? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to help you tell your story? The world needs Christian interpreters. What do you have to say? Remember, God loves you. I love you. Amen.